Welcome to Steal Your Fitness, the podcast, helping you develop your mental and physical fitness. So no matter how good or not good we all feel, I think we'd like to feel better. And a significant part of feeling better comes from our fitness. But fitness to me is not just about how much we exercise. It's both our physical and mental fitness that can improve our health and then ultimately how we feel. Now this podcast is going to be practical advice and tips as well as some different perspectives on fitness and how we can all develop our own. Ultimately, it's my intention to help us all feel better. You know, I've been on a journey to improve my own health through fitness and when you're looking for direction on where to go, I think it's helpful to hear from people that have already been there. I've been there. You know, I've been on the journey. I've come from a place of being mentally and physically unwell, but I did get better. And this podcast is about sharing with you how I did that and how I'm continuing to do that and how others are doing that. And I am grateful to have you join me. So welcome and I wish you well. So today's episode is the first episode in a few that are going to be covering how we can how we can get better, how we can be better and how we can feel better. And that's ultimately my intention with the podcast and with all the work that I do is to to help people feel better. And that journey that I've been on to feel better both physically and mentally has been has been a long one. It's one that I'm I'm still on. I'm it's one that I'm I'm working on. Uh, and I think something that, that we all can work on or could work on. But the path of self-development and feeling better, which is, is is really essentially the same one, that path is different for everyone. And what these episodes um, today and then and then the, the, the following ones, what it's going to do is sort of just take you through the path of um, where to start, what self-development is, where, where do we go, um, and in all aspects of how, how we're trying to get better, be better and feel better. So that's what, what these episodes um, are going to be. So let's get started. So self-development to me is the process of just understanding who we are, accepting who we are, healing uh, what has been affecting us, and then just ongoing learning. When we work on ourselves and our personal development, ultimately that's what is going to fulfill us. It will give us the happiness that we're after, and I think more importantly the peace. You know, there's so many things that we get so... Um, triggered by and affected by and the more work we do on ourselves the more we learn about ourselves the more peaceful life becomes and I think we're either contracting or we're expanding during the process and even when we're not working on something we're still learning we're still going down this journey we're still we're still doing it but we could either be doing it in an active way or, or we could be doing it quite passively or we could be doing it consciously or, or, or unconsciously but when we're contracting you know, we might be feeling quite negative, lots of fear, lots of anxiety, lots of anger. And that's really where, where I was. Um, body language could be really closed. Socialising is difficult. Um, just feeling a lot of struggle, a lot of overwhelm. Behaviours could be quite self-destructive. Lots of unhealthy coping mechanisms, really just not looking after ourselves, neglecting self-care. So that would be in a phase where we're contracting. We're just not, we're not looking after ourselves. And when we're expanding, that's when we start to experience those feelings of feeling better, so more peace, more safety. Our body language is more open, socialising is easier. We're more focused on giving. Um, we're in flow. Um, we, we would definitely feel more flow. And self-care is easy. It's that's when we when we sort of start looking after ourselves, we look after our minds, we look after our bodies, that is when we are starting to expand and the work 
um, is, is in flow and we're, we're really getting there. Self-development or improvement is our inner work. It's a, it's a bit of a lifelong journey. I think um, that's what I've, I've learned to understand for myself. It's not, there's not a destination. It's ongoing. Um, it's absolutely coming back to who we really are, our authentic selves, and working out who that is and who we are and accepting who we are are, are quite fundamental um, parts of finding that that peace in ourselves or, or feeling better. It's something that no one can do for us. Uh, it's a lot of learning about self-compassion and meeting others where they're at and witnessing and working through who we think we are as opposed to who we really are because that's what we want. We just want to be our, our truly authentic selves and that's what gives us that that peace. And the work isn't a competition. I don't think it's a quick fix. It's, it's definitely not a one-size-fits-all path. It's not something that we can force or push people into. I think we're only ready when we're ready. We can talk about it and it's great to engage with people that are doing a similar thing in, in self-development, but it's really, it's not for everyone at the same time. It's not comparing, judging or punishing ourselves for a lack of progress because it is, it's work. That's, it's, that's why it's called inner work. It's a lot about patience, compassion and it's a lot about consistency. I think we all have different lessons to learn and we've all got different challenges to overcome. Our traumas and our triggers uh, differ, our skills differ depending on, on what we practice and we all have got our own speeds and our own direction. So it's it's a really personal path but that's that's what I think self-development is. And I think it can look like a lot of these things so it could be a lot more spending time alone, losing and changing relationships. I think that's a big part of it. When you start to work on yourself and you start to change you look at relationships in a different way and not just your relationship with a partner, It's it might, that one might not be affected or it might be affected. It's just you might notice your circle changes and when you vibe differently, you attract different types of people. It's definitely a lot about setting and readjusting boundaries and then communicating them and having the confidence and the the understanding that, that having boundaries about what isn't, isn't acceptable to you and communicating them, it's that's a big part of self-development. It's holding ourselves to a higher standard. It's it's doing the right thing when when no one is watching. It's asking ourselves a lot of hard questions. Um, getting curious about why do I react like that? Why am I? Why do I do that? And it's it's not an easy thing. There's a lot of grieving as well. Grieving, maybe some traumas that we've had, some expectations that we had. It's 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 a lot of um, acceptance and letting go. Um, facing our pasts, there are some things in there we need to dig into and we need to potentially get some, even some help for, um, whether it be therapy or, or something else. It's, it, it's ultimately fully accepting ourselves and our mistakes because our lives are full of them. And trying to live our values and, and learning to choose ourselves. You know, we are the most important person in our lives, our feelings and, and our thoughts and our everything to do with us is is up to us. I think we know we're making progress in self-development when we notice that when we get defensive, we start asking ourselves why. In fact, we are, you'll ask yourself why a lot. I, I, do, I do it all the time. We realise there's a steady stream of like false narratives in our brain, brains all the time and we start to realise that thoughts are just thoughts, they're not facts. And... This is this is a big one. I think we also start to understand that people's behaviour is how they feel about themselves. 
we start to take some full responsibility for our emotional state and begin to see just quite how much of our life experiences we really do have control over. And we can't control things that happen in our life, but our experience of that life in regards to our reaction to it and how we deal with it, that's what we have control over. And growth comes when we focus on our lessons, not anyone else's. You know, we will. I sort of feel that our lives give us the same lesson to learn over and over until we get it. And when we are unconscious in life, when we're just kind of just existing through it, it just we, we, we experience the same patterns over and over. And when we're more conscious, when we're more aware, when we're, when we're more um, open to, to doing this work and developing ourselves, we start to notice these patterns and we start to notice these challenges and, and the lessons. And then we start to actively learn them. So, yeah, I think that, that that's ultimately what self-development is to me. And it would be a slightly different definition to everyone. But, but for me, it's, it, it's all of those things. And it's, it's an important part of feeling better is knowing that A, it's possible, and B, that that's what it is and this is what we need to do. So that's, that's really what I'm going to get into in into, um, today's episode. So part of our self-development or inner work, it really starts with some self-discovery. And it, and I think it starts with some daily, some, some daily work in regards to taking, taking notice of how we speak to ourselves and asking what are we prioritizing. So what, what am I feeling? What, what emotions am I experiencing? How am I treating my body? What am I grateful for? What boundaries am I struggling with? How am I spending my energy? Am I being honest? with myself and with other people? Am I being authentic? And really getting into those questions and getting a journal out and writing those down, we will start over time to notice some patterns and some potential. Now, this isn't something self-development and self-discovery is not just like, oh, you write, write some questions down and then it's done. It's, it's an ongoing thing. And, and you're, you notice that your mindset and your, your thoughts change over time. So it's about noticing patterns and potential. And, and that's what I quite like about looking back about the notes that I've made, you do notice patterns and things, but as with, with any pattern you notice of, of things that you want to improve, there's always potential to make it better or to change it or to help you feel better. We can always ask ourselves what our intention is. That's really important. What is our intention in life? What's, what's my purpose? What are my dreams? What is it that I actually want to do? Because without that, that thought of a person, a purpose or a potential purpose or, or your dreams, then you can't really... Um, work out what, what your goals are and I do think that goals are a driver in life whether it could be just to feel better it could be I mean you could have any number of dreams but I think without any kind of goals we we just sort of um, meander through life without any kind of real directional focus but when we don't have conscious goals we have un- unconscious ones so if we're not working on directly to, for something we're actually working towards something else but we have no control over it and it could be the opposite of what you really want Help and support is out there. You know, we're the only ones that can do our work, but we can and should ask for help along the way. You know, we, don't, we won't always know the right way to go, um, but we can always ask someone that's been there. And that could be getting a coach. It could be, um, d- depending on the, on the type of work you're wanting to do, but it could be that you need some, some help in regards to therapy. And I, I can't, I can't um, promote going to see some type of therapist um, any anymore I think there are so many types of therapy and there will be one that works for you and even if you don't think you may need to go into therapy or, or go and see a therapist 
I would just just be open to the idea. I think um, we'll all be surprised at when you go and address something. It'd be like you, you for example, it could be that you feel physically quite good, but you go and see a chiropractor or an acupuncturist for the first time and you get adjusted in your back and suddenly you just have this whole different way of physically feeling different and it's it's wow and it's like oh god I, I had no idea and it, I think a very similar thing like that is with therapy if you find the right therapy for you and you find the right therapist for you it's amazing what it can do um to 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 help you so definitely getting some help and some support in regards to where you want to go and what you want to do so we can choose to get some help we can choose to embrace challenges you know our life is full of challenge and we don't need to feel meh. We don't need to feel not great. Yes, there's there's going to be times in our lives and our days and our weeks and our months that we don't feel great. We always that that's part of life. But if you have extended periods of time where you just don't feel anything, or you feel numb, or you just don't feel great, or you're you're just not happy, or you're just not fulfilled, you can do something about it. There is there there is an infinite amount of success and achievement and peace. Um, for anyone, um, but it's it's up to us. Like no one can, no one can do any of that. No one can chase any of that. No one can get that help or support apart from you for yourself. And to ex- you know, it, ultimately, it's about exploring ourselves um, internally. And as much as we can look out to get some help, the work and what we can do ourselves is is about looking in. I think being able to help, ask for help therapy or otherwise is one of the strongest things we can do and I I think it was one of my first lessons I had to learn I'd always prided myself on being really independent and achieving everything by myself and um, moving countries by myself and doing this by myself and doing that by myself and when you realize that you can't do you can't do life alone um, although I mean of course you can but it's without connection and without support and without help it's it's much harder, more isolating. Um, it's it's just it's really difficult. But I don't think you really get there. I don't think you really get um, the lessons and the learnings and the peace that you're you're looking for without being able to ask for help. Loved ones, friends, coaches, trainers, mentors, therapists—they're always around us. They're available, and um, we just need to be able to dig deep and look at that courage in ourselves and just put our hands up and just say, "Oh, can can you help me?" So I don't, I don't think it's, it's, I don't think it's uh, a weakness at all. I think it's a huge strength. And for me, it was one of the first lessons that I had to learn. Ask for help. I think it's, it's really healthy. And what I like to think about is that self-sufficiency, which is a really great, um, it's a great term and it's a great, it's a great um, confidence builder for people, the term self being self-sufficient, but I don't think self-sufficiency is always sufficient. I think that there are times where we are going to need help and, and there's times that we're going to help others. That's that's what our life is about. I think a big part of purpose for all of us, uh, we all have a purpose in life and I think that in some way our purpose is the same and that is service. So our purpose is, is helping other people in some way and that could be what you do as your job. It could be what you do as a hobby. It could be... Um, it could be just how you engage and help others. It could be some sort of charitable work you do. It could be, it, it doesn't really matter. But I do think that we all have a purpose and somehow, somewhere, our purpose is related to service and helping um, other people in some way. 
So having some awareness facilitates change. That's really what, what really, yeah, it's what creates change is just having some awareness and, and being open. When we know better, we can do better. And being aware of ourselves and our strengths and our areas for growth, that's the start of how we develop and change. If we want to feel better, get better or be better, we need to understand where we're at right now. Getting curious when we're triggered and how we feel emotionally and energetically. Asking ourselves questions and being honest with the answers. It's that self-awareness that leads to the start of this self-understanding where we begin to have the knowledge or comprehension of our own current capabilities and our character, our feelings, our motivations, regardless of what they are. When we're honest with ourselves and when we understand who we are and what we do, we can accept and then move to change whatever we want to change as and when required. But it's the awareness that facilitates the change. And with any inner work and self-development, knowing where to start is, is really difficult. But I think the best place to start is just getting curious. And triggers, which it sounds such like a dramatic word, doesn't it? Triggers, but we get we all get triggered all the time but they're the start for us paying attention to how we feel when we feel an emotional response that isn't a balanced or a calm one that's really what a trigger is it could be when we feel really really good or when we feel bad and it could be smaller it could be significant when there's a spark there's one that, that causes a reaction in us instead of a response that's really what a trigger is it could be visceral or it could just be a feeling that something is off it could be when we're being defensive about something. It could be when we're resisting or avoiding something. You know that, that there's a reason we resist or avoid things, and that will be that there's some discomfort there. So whenever there's some discomfort that we need to lean into or could lean into, there's there's often growth on the other side of that. It's just about being bothered about anything in any way. That is where we start. What 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 is what is affecting me and why? That's where we learn, and that's what we. That's where we learn and, and what we need to learn. But I definitely think we keep repeating something until we figure it out, until we learn it, until we grow through what, what we're going through. If you've got no energy or no fulfillment or no real joy, if we don't if we don't feel good or we just feel meh, or we or if you just want to feel better or get better or be better, they're symptoms or signs that of work that we can do and that's what we can get curious about we can get curious we can get interested we can start to understand who we're at where we're at what we do why we do it but the path is different for everyone it's it's not a one size fits all this is not a a, a specific description just for you or just for me it's i mean it is a, it is it is a lot about what what i've learned for, for myself but the truth will be different for all of us. We each need to find our own path um, and our own truth and what resonates with us and what works for us. But that's the start, I think, is just getting curious. So with any kind of work we're doing on ourselves, self-development, feelings are feedback. And I think how we feel is everything. If we want, generally, if we want to feel better, if we want to do any any sort of thing, that the feed the feelings that we currently have are, are feedback for us, and it's a, it's a really good place to start. And a, a good a good way of looking at feelings, I think, or to begin with, is we just need to let go of the idea that some emotions are good and some are bad. Um, that's helpful for our growth because our feelings are just our feelings. They're feedback and they're, they're, not, they're not problems to fix. They're just what we experience. Being able to sit with and experience comfortable and then less comfortable feelings is an essential skill of inner work and the development of our mental fitness. Feelings always pass when we feel them. And some just last a bit longer than, than others. 
Acceptance happens when we experience the feeling and understand it. It's just, it's, yeah, that, that's what we want to do. We want to be able to accept a feeling and then we can feel it and then we can let it go. And it's the letting go that happens after we accept it. However we feel is valid and no matter what that feeling is. And sometimes we just won't feel good. That's okay. Um, sometimes we feel good, sometimes we don't. It's always to get curious, um, to ask why. You know, wonder why I feel like this. Get curious when you feel good. Why, you know, why do you feel good? Get curious when you don't feel good. Why, why, why don't I feel good? It's the feelings that are feedback. And they show us more of what we need to do and what more we can address. Sometimes there isn't an answer. Feelings come and go, much like clouds do. But resisting feelings or numbing them through substances or behaviours and these unhealthy coping mechanisms or suppressing them, ignoring them or denying them, that's what causes us to suffer. Because whilst we might get some temporary relief by not, because we don't, there's certain feelings we don't want to feel, so we numb them or we ignore them or deny them or, or whichever, whilst we may gain some temporary relief, we end up hurting ourselves without ever having a permanent solution to it. The solution and the answer to is to, to feel how we feel, to sit with it and to reflect on that feedback. And, and that's what it is. Feelings are feedback. When we, don't, when we don't process an emotion, when we don't just sit with it and we don't just feel that it doesn't go away, when we numb it, when we suppress it, it, it manifests itself in, in other ways. And that will be you know, disrupted sleep or it could be anxiety. It could be um, some kind of de- depressive um, states. It will be different for everyone, but the, the key is to start to really understand how we feel and just start to feel it. Emotional neglect um, as children, this is something that definitely has affected me and it may be something that has affected you. And some of us were emotionally neglected as children. It doesn't make our parents bad people. They were likely doing their best with the skills that they had at the time. But unfortunately, some of us didn't get what we needed emotionally as children and that manifests, that manifests itself um, for us as an, as an adult, as how we act and how we feel. But fortunately, we can learn to understand it and we can heal from it and we can make it better and we can feel better. You know, if you've been emotionally neglected and if you don't, it, it will show up in things like, or definitely in, in your self-worth in regards to how you feel about yourself. If you if you're unable to speak about your needs, if you ignore your needs and caretake others, if you people please, if you even if you're not sure about what you need or how you feel, that will probably show some type of emotional neglect that, that you experienced as a child. And it could be that you look to others to determine how you feel and, and you might avoid conflict and avoid difficult emotions. It's a difficult thing to acknowledge and understand, but it's possible to do so. And I think it's something that potentially is best unpacked with a therapist or someone professional. When we understand something, it becomes easier to accept. And when we're able to accept something, we can look to change it or our perception of it and when we change we grow and and we get better and that's how we get better and and ultimately how we feel better you know our mental health is is just as important as our physical health they're the two sides of the same coin and some signs that you might need to take care of your mental health would include if you feel resentful often you know resentment often comes from from boundaries not being communicated or not being um, enforced but if you feel resentful resentful often you might dread starting your day you wake up first thing in the morning and everything is great for that split second and then you kind of realize like oh any dread you have starting your day you might feel negative and can't find joy in anything I think that's or you just feel 
numb you don't feel really good about anything and you don't feel really horrendous about anything but you just feel a bit uh you want to isolate yourself from people or feel like you don't belong difficult in a pandemic isn't it but if you generally would isolate yourself anyway when you're disconnected um that is definitely a sign that that your mental health could look at um at some some signs for improvement you might look at your your mental fitness you might feel overwhelmed might just feel sad or meh most of the time you might not be able to maintain healthy relationships or you stay in relationships or engage in relationships that you know are unhealthy you might worry about everything all the time and being worried is 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 is, it can be quite debilitating that constant worry all the time and you might have tried everything you know but continue to feel stuck and i use that word quite deliberately but because it's definitely you know affected me or definitely um i resonate with that word just when you just feel a bit stuck and you don't know what to do or you you just yeah you just don't feel good but you don't quite know what to do where to go where to, you know what what to do about it so there's some signs that you need to take care of your mental health Just taking a break from the podcast to bring you a special offer just for my podcast listeners. I'm giving you 20% off my entire range of digital download guides. I have how-to guides on so many topics, how to reduce body fat, how to build muscle, how to sleep better, how to build motivation, and a whole lot more. I have my targeted training guides, grow your abs, grow your chest, your glutes, your legs, all major muscle groups. They're full guides and they include eight-week workout plans. I've got my trainer-made workout plans, which cover everything, cardiovascular training, stability training, which is resistance training for beginners, through to endurance, hypertrophy or muscle growth, and strength training. They're full, they're detailed, and they include up to 16 weeks worth of workouts in every one. So for 20% off my guides and workout plans, go to stealyourfitness.com forward slash shop and enter the discount code PODCAST20. It's an exclusive offer for my podcast listeners and is available for a limited time. There's no limits. You can download as many as you want and you can use the code as many times as you want. That code again is PODCAST20, so PODCAST20, and it's available on all my how-to guides, my targeted training guides, and my trainer-made workout plans. Check it out now, steelyfitness.com forward slash shop, and enter the code PODCAST20 for 20% off my digital download guides, an exclusive offer for my podcast listeners. Now, back to the show. So in our self-development journeys, in our, in our work that we need to do, we start to discover who we are. We, we look to get some help and we look to get some support and that, that we may need. And that might come later. And you might start the journey completely alone and, and start to get curious. You understand that, that having the awareness of how we feel and where our lives are at and, and everything, that awareness, that is what facilitates the initial change. We get curious we start to understand our, our feelings, our, our feedback. Um, and then we really look at our, our mental health and our mental fitness and think, right, okay, here are, you know, this is how I feel. Um, I want to do something about it. But the next step is taking responsibility. You know, many of us have had unmet needs as children. Many of us had parents that did the best they could with the skills that they had, but they didn't give us what we needed. So we have gaps. We have a void. We have issues with our self-worth, our self-esteem or our self-confidence. It doesn't necessarily mean we had a bad childhood because you you might have felt you had a great childhood. It just means that you didn't get what was required to be fulfilled or as an adult. You know, some of us have had a quite a traumatic childhood, and we might have been scared. We might have been been quite fearful. We might have not felt loved. 
the, the, the type of childhood we have is, is, is personal to you and it's relevant to you, but you might have had a great childhood or you might have had a traumatic one. But it doesn't necessarily mean that your, all of your needs were met. But I think this comes to me. I, I didn't have a, a great childhood. It absolutely was not ideal. But we can choose to be a victim of it and stay where we are and blame other people for what happened um, in our current situation and our lack of skills or or um, lack of progress. We can choose to be a victim and just stay there. Or we can choose to no longer be a victim and become... We can move from victim to survivor. We can take charge of where we're at now and do something about it. What's happened has happened. And even though it was hard or it was difficult or it was challenging... It's now up to us to take responsibility for our lives. That childhood, or our childhood, was our childhood. But as an adult now, it's completely up to us. No one can do anything um, about that. And looking back to blame, it it is somewhat of wasted energy. We have to do it, and, and no one can do it for us. Once we're an adult, it's in, entirely up to us. Professional help and support are likely needed for, for many of us. You know, I will I will continue to, to promote therapy to, to everyone, even if you don't think that you need it. And much like we'd go to a doctor for or a particular expert if we had a specific health issue, that's that's absolutely what you need to do for our mental health and our mental fitness. But we have to ask for it. We have to seek it out and we have to take some action. It's up to us and it's only for us. Once we become an adult, we're in charge of our lives and and, and our potential to feel fulfilled and happy. That it's enti- Everything in your life, it's up to you. Um, and everything in my life is up to me. And as a scared and traumatised child, which I, I I was, I always dreamed that someone would come and save me. That was really what I wanted. But I never dreamed that it would, in fact, be me as an adult that would be the one to come back and do the saving. It's up to me, and your path is up to you. But ultimately, it's up to us. So what causes challenges with our mental health or our mental fitness? A lot of mental health issues, a lot of mental fitness issues stem from trauma and often from the past, but they can also be quite present. So some causes, this isn't an exhaustive list, but abuse, neglect, bullying, how we were parented, growing up around substance abuse, boundary issues, stress, burnout, a lack of community, a lack of connection with yourself, your brain chemistry, there's genetic factors, grief, a lack of fulfilment, some transitions in life that happen, some chronic illness or pain, perfectionism, self-loathing, discrimination, violence, a lack of mental health support or a lack of basic human needs. And some signs of some poor mental health or poor mental fitness, some feelings of why did that happen to me, general sadness or anger, um, regret, guilt, shame, anxiety, uh, it could be a loss of interest in activities, thoughts of uh, ending your own life, excessive or inadequate sleeping or tiredness, just general exhaustion, feeling of worthlessness. They're just a few signs that your mental health or your mental fitness needs some some support. When we're physically unwell, depending on the ailment or the illness, we'd be able to treat ourselves or seek some treatment from a doctor or the relevant professional. But when we're mentally not well, which a lot of us, it happens to a lot of us a lot of the time. We tend to not do anything about it at all. And we just hope, you know, that we'll get better by ourselves. Sometimes we can seek out treatment and um, and get, and, and there's many times we can help ourselves, but many times we just don't. But what can we do for our mental health? Managing our self-care, um, 
I, I feel is the first step. So prioritizing our physical health when we're emotionally unwell is really helpful. Going to see a doctor or appropriate healthcare professional is a really sensible step to take. You know, we wouldn't expect to be able to treat many of our physical health issues on our own. So it's understandable that we'd have to ask for some help uh, or if we, if we need that for our mental health issues. We all get sick and get injured physically in life as part of the human experience. You know, we've all had to go to doctors, we've all had to go to the, well, maybe not all of us, but some of us have had to go to the hospital at some point in our lives. Similarly, we can get sick and injured, injured mentally in life. It's part, again, part of the human experience. Unfortunately, we tend to not seek treatment in the same way. We will need some help and some treatment in our lives. It's just as common as any physical illness or wound. So talk to someone that can help you. You don't need to continue to suffer or feel the way that you do. So trauma. Trauma is a pain. It's a, it's a mental wound from something that's happened to us. And it could be distant or it could be recent. Trauma often shows up not as memories but as reactions to things. It may also present as procrastination, to resistance, a trouble, trouble focusing, not feeling good enough, a feel of fa- fear of failure or a fear of success. It could show up as trouble asking for help, scattered thoughts or needing to plan everything. When we suffer from trauma, we might be addictive, we might be self-critical, we might be judgmental of ourselves and others, we might be suspicious and untrusting, we might be pessimistic and negative, we might be self-sabotaging, we might be scattered and distracted, emotionally cut off and or clingy and needy, or obsessively thinking about things, ruminating about things. Trauma can change the way we think afterwards and our self-esteem, thinking that we're bad, that we're flawed, that we're guilty, at fault, that we're worthless, deserving, and that others are bad too. Trauma can affect our trust and that we struggle to trust others, thinking that we'll be betrayed or abandoned or that others always disappoint us, that we can't be vulnerable and that we'll get hurt and we shouldn't depend on anyone. Um, because others will hurt us. It just forces, trauma forces us to, to live really independent lives where we don't depend on other people. Trauma can affect the way that we see the world. We can then think it's dangerous and that we need to stay alert and vigilant to protect ourselves all the time. And that creates a lot of anxiety within us. Trauma can affect our feelings of control and power, thinking that if we don't control others, that others will control us and that we have no control Um, over our lives. Trauma can affect our ability to connect with other people, making us think that we'll always be alone and that we'll always feel disconnected and that we're different or flawed or that the good parts of us are gone, that we don't know how to love or be loved. Trauma can make us disassociate by not remembering an action or period of time, finding ourselves somewhere and not remembering how we got there. Could be numbing through unhealthy actions or substances, so our unhealthy coping mechanisms feeling unable to feel emotions related to an experience or a lack of some sort of sensory memory. For some of us, the trauma is slight, and for some of us, it's significant. But how it shows up for all of us will be different. Trauma is about the things that happened to us, but it's also about the things that didn't happen. So many of us have had traumatic experiences or incidences or interactions that have deeply affected the way we feel about the world and ourselves. And working through that trauma with the appropriate mental health support, doing the work and healing ourselves helps us to grow. But sometimes what we don't consider is that as trauma can be things, um, we can be affected um, with trauma, it can affect us from the things that didn't happen to us. So what if you didn't get your emotional needs met as a child? What if you didn't feel unconditional love? What if you didn't feel secure, protected or supported? 
What if you didn't get the praise, the encouragement or the support you needed to be your authentic self? What if you didn't develop the self-worth that you needed? So it's sometimes easier for ourselves and our observer supporters to see and talk about and work on the specific experiences of trauma, so the traumatic experiences, and they're obviously the most hurtful incidents. But when we look in between those things, when we look at what didn't happen to us with a focus of what did happen to us, so we look at it in the same way, we can start to understand what else we need to work on, how else we need to reparent or reshape or, or heal ourselves. So trauma is about the things that happened to us, but it's also about the things that, that didn't happen to us. And as I said, trauma comes back to us often as reactions, not memories. We've all experienced some type of trauma. Things have happened, words have been said, needs have not been met. And although we might not remember what traumatised us, the event itself, whilst it was significant in the lives and how it affects us mentally, it might not have felt significant at the time. Whenever we're triggered, whenever we have a reaction to something, we're experiencing an unhealed mental wound. In our lives, we experience the world through our own filter, and that's a filter of our past, our upbringing, and our education, our learning, what we've been through. But that filter affects how we see, feel, and experience everything that happens around us now. And when that filter triggers us, as, a, as uncomfortable as it is, it can, it can be seen as an opportunity. And that's the opportunity to get curious. Our triggers can be our teachers if we're willing to do the work and learn more about ourselves. We can then accept our experiences and take the time to start the journey of healing. And that, uh, you know, we want to heal the wound that, that pulled that trigger. With the right understanding, the acceptance, and the right support, any wound can heal from almost anything. To start, all we need to do is be open to the idea that we can feel better. It's possible. The peace we're seeking is always. It's always possible. It's always going to be available. The healing takes time, but it is possible. When we're triggered, when we have a reaction that does not feel good, we can pause, we can get curious, and we can then get started. So I really do think that trauma comes back as reactions and not memories. Addictions, often a trauma response. When we've experienced trauma in our lives, which all of us at some point will do, the way we cope is through addiction. We can be addicted to a substance, a behavior, or even a person. We're doing it for a reason. You know, we need to stop shaming people for how they cope with trauma. Some people's addictions are much more obvious than others. When someone is addicted to food or has some sort of disordered eating, they, you know, we can often see the results of that in their bodies, whereas a gambling addiction is less easy to notice. Some of us might isolate and binge on TV marathons and may not be able, you know, we might not realise that or see that. Whereas a person that can't stop biting their nails, they, they can't hide the fact that they, they do that. Alcoholism is is a less obvious um, is a less obvious addiction. Um, same with exter an external validation addiction addiction where we some people are just obsessed with getting externally validated by likes or attention or sex or, or whatever it is. Whatever we do compulsively and whatever we do that we can't seem to help, whatever we do that soothes us but will never fulfil us, and whatever we do that makes us feel better in the short term but could harm us in the long term is how we cope and that, that's often a trauma response. It's just really easy I think to sit in judgment of an alcoholic when we're unable to stop over or under eating ourselves. It's easy to sit in judgment of a smoker when we've just bought more stuff that we don't need to feel better. I think it's easy to sit in judgment of a drug addict when we can't put our phones down for more than a short while. We're all different but we're all the same. With addictions, habits, compulsions, instead of judgment I think we could be much more compassionate um, and empathetic with other people, but also with ourselves. We can try and understand 
um, if, if we try hard enough. We can relate, I think, when we reflect on ourselves and, and we can we can look at and see what we do in, in comparison with, with other people. We're all struggling with similar things, but we can help by sharing what we struggle with and we can normalise talking about you know, how we cope and our coping methods and we can, I think we can all get better together. Addiction, um, for, the, for the most severe addictions, we will need some help and some support to overcome and work through those. And whilst addiction is giving up everything for one thing, recovery is giving up one thing for everything. For those of us that's experienced addiction, I think um, you will know how all-consuming it can be. Some of us may be in denial of our addictions, rationalising them, blaming, over-explaining, justifying, defending them. Addiction can literally happen to anyone. Some of us are more predisposed to it, but it can happen to anyone at any time. It creeps up on you and it's something that you don't notice. It literally just happens. We can overcome one and replace it with something else. Another substance, another behaviour. It's often the same challenge, but that it ends with a different result. Help and recovery is out there. It's unlikely that you will be able to overcome an addiction and address the root of the problem by yourself. It's possible, but it's, it's less likely if you don't have the support around you. There's a lot of shame around addiction, the guilt of our actions, the anxiety of the change, the numbing of the pain. It's hard. You know, it's, it's really hard. And sometimes there isn't an easy way to do hard things. It's possible to recover and it's possible to overcome and it's possible to heal the, actual, the pain that's causing it. Addictions get worse over time and, and they get added to. We don't intend it, but they become everything. So if you are struggling um, or if you've realised what you're doing is, is, is a challenge to you, reach out and ask for some help. Even if you don't think you have a problem, not everyone with a problem thinks or knows that they do. Don't lose everything. Addiction's giving up everything for one thing, whereas recovery is giving up one thing for everything. The more connected we become, the less addicted we become. When we're disconnected from who we really are, when we feel alone in our traumas, our shame and our guilt, when we're soothing ourselves and not fulfilling ourselves, we're much more likely to be addicted. Addicted to food, alcohol, drugs, attention, sex, spending, work, gambling, our phones, isolating ourselves, avoidance, the, the list really just goes on. The more we can connect with our authentic self and who we really are, with no shame or explaining, the more we can connect with others as our authentic selves, with less, you know, the less and less addicted we become. We won't feel the need to numb, to escape, to comfort, to fill, or to suppress as much, if at all. We will start to fulfil ourselves knowing that we're enough, with no need to fill with substances and substances and behaviours. We won't need to numb, to soothe, escape, or be comforted in our isolation with substances and behaviours, because we'll know we're not alone in our shame and our trauma and our guilt. We all have the ability to be addicted, but we also then have the ability not to be. We all have the ability to be connected, and we all have the ability not to be. When we find out who we are authentically, and when we accept who we are authentically, and when we connect and love with who we are authentically, our life changes. It gets better, and we get better. Our addictions lose the power that we've gained. The more connected we become, I really think, that the less addicted we become. Now available at stealyourfitness.com forward slash shop is Steal Yourself, my digital download guide on how to get better, be better and feel better. It covers everything I've talked about in the podcast and a whole lot more. It's 163 pages, it's really easy to follow, really easy to understand and will be immediately emailed to you on purchase.
So that is Steal Yourself, how to get better, be better and feel better. And it's available to download now at stealyourfitness.com forward slash shop. Today's episode was the first in five episodes in how to get better, be better and feel better. The next episode is about triggers, unhealthy coping mechanisms, patterns and lessons in healing. So subscribe now so you don't miss next week's episode. Thanks for listening to today's episode. If you've got any queries or comments, uh, you can find me on social media at Steal Your Fitness. That's where you can give us a like or a share or a follow, any of which would be very much appreciated. I'd also be really grateful if you could subscribe to the podcast if you haven't done so already. And then also give the, the podcast a five-star rating and a review on wherever you get your podcasts from. It really helps me grow the podcast and then I can reach more people. So once again, thanks for listening. I hope you feel better today. And as always, I wish you well.